go inward you have the answer because God is within all of us. No one knows like we know. It's really just about stealing yourself enough to be able to hear your spirit tell you what's already good. You have the answer inside of you, but if you're clouded, if you're clouded with media, if you're clouded with mom and dad or, you know, your friends and you, you're taking in all of what they're saying, but aren't stealing yourself enough to hear your voice, your inner voice, you can call it rap for any type of purpose, any type of fulfillment, any type of like truth joy because you'll be out of alignment so i guess the advice would be go inward always if you want an outward result welcome everybody to episode 21 of the paul and pals podcast i'm your host pony boy paul and paul and pals the podcast where i interview my creative pals to learn how they became who they are today to inspire you for tomorrow on this episode i have a creative conversation with my pal alexis wilson she is the founder slash ceo of the mentorship it's a personal and professional development program targeted at black and brown women to kind of provide them the values of having a mentor while also giving them the real life experience of having an internship. She's also the founder and CEO of Exalt Management, which is a management company targeted at athletes, entertainers, and businesses with the same goal of making sure they help they level up from the inside out. Um, on this episode, we have a wide range of convo, but we talk about how she overcame academic probation in her freshman year of college how she actually thought about the idea of the mentorship just randomly in one of her comm classes. She, she probably should have been paying attention, you know? And then lastly, we talk about how she always wanted to do fashion, but she, she eventually realized that wasn't the path for her. And also, before we start the episode, I wanna let you guys know that if you're watching this, you might notice that the uh, quality of the video goes from great to not as great. We had some technical difficulties, but um, trust me, tune in, the content is still fire and I hope you guys will enjoy. So without any further ado, let's get creative. Welcome to the Paul and Powers podcast, Alexis. It's great having you. Uh, I've been trying to get you for a minute, low-key, since 2020, and uh, just because uh, you're a busy person. So we're going we're gonna to hear all you about, but first off, I want to ask, how are you doing? How's everything? How's your day been? I know it's been pretty busy as well. Yeah, man, today has been a day. Um, but it's been a good day nonetheless. Um, it was it was a roller coaster day, but okay. um, yeah, I, I got to uh, meet with a client of mine in person for the first time, and that was really cool, really got really you, cool, and that was exciting. But I mean, you know, it's been a good day. I'm I don't got, I'm grateful, man. I'm grateful. I'm sitting here looking at palm trees, so I have no complaint. Nah, I'm uh, I ain't gonna lie. I'm a little bit jealous, but we're gonna keep it moving. Um, so <laughs> what I always like to do is start with is, you know, being Paul and pals, I kind of like usually know the people I interview, like kind of somewhat way mm -hmm. and to kind of go back in our little, like, I guess, origin of meeting. Right. Yeah. I don't think we've ever fully, or we might have back in university of Michigan, like ever had like a face to face actual conversation, yeah. but you always somebody I knew about because, you know, I think just, you know, being the black community, small black community, university right. of Michigan, you tend to just see everybody, know everybody, like just out there right so that's kind of how I knew you and I think I just found out that we actually graduated in the same year for some mm -hmm. reason I always thought you were graduating earlier than me so uh, shout out class of 2017 uh, but I kind of want to start with you yourself your origin story you know kind of like how you came to be so let's take it back you know back 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 you know where were you born where are you from all that and then we'll, we'll get to more of your story yeah um so from Detroit um was actually born in Ann Arbor because my mom was still in school. She went to the University of Michigan when she had okay. me. So um, really, really very much so connected to, to that territory. Yeah. Um, uh, and I am in LA now, um, you know, went to uh, school in Michigan my entire life. Um, all my family is from Michigan. Um, mm. And it was just really like a big, faith jump to, to come out here because I don't have um, family out here or anything like that. Okay. Um, but yeah, that's that's where I'm from and how things got started with me. If you if I don't know if I need to get more on that, but no, I actually didn't know. I thought for some reason you was from LA this whole time. So you actually from Michigan, Michigan, like you just moved out here? I yeah, think, I, guess. I just moved to LA oh. um two years ago. Oh wow. And like what kind of I guess we're gonna get into that as we talk about you know your grind, but I'm kinda curious right now what kind of really inspired you to make that move? Was it kind of like the, the usual LA dream of like, oh, let me chase my dream and all that, but what really made you want to do that? Um, so yes, but no. I say um, no because like 
my real dream was to go into fashion. Um, you know, that's just what I, that's what I knew I was doing. You can tell me I wasn't doing it. Um, okay. and is that's just not what God wanted me to do. And I, I remember him telling me like, your vision for yourself is so much smaller than what I have for you. Um, mm. And he just kept humbling me repetitively to the point where I was like very tired. Um, and I kept saying like, okay, I'll let it go. But I didn't really let it go um, until like 2016. When I let all of that go, um, he started showing me exalt management. He showed me it at its biggest, not yeah. my next steps to take or like how the journey would look. It was the mountain. So I'm like, okay, um, so you want me to work with purpose-driven athletes and entertainers? Interesting, because I don't, I'm not a sports fan and I'm not a pop culture fan. And I feel mm. like you need to be those things to do that type of thing. It, so it just, yeah. it literally just did not connect with me um, you know, and I had had people speak that over me for years and I, I was just kind of running from it because I, I wasn't able to connect with it. Um, it didn't mm -hmm. ex excite me and I didn't want to do it, honestly. Um, fast forward, I started seeing more of the purpose side of things um, and really understood that it wasn't really about the place, but more so the people within it. Um, mm -hmm. the place being LA, uh, the place being the entertainment industry, the place being a, a, a football field or a basketball court or an arena. It's not yeah. about that for me. It's about the people that are influencing everybody else gotcha. in that space with them. Um, yeah. and so once I was able to like, uh, start really seeing like, okay, you're, I'm really being used as a vessel in this space. Um, mm -hmm. and, and working with these people from the inside out, it was like, okay, cool. This is aligned with what I like. I like to read my books. I like to meditate. I like to work yeah. on my inner being. And I like to help people do the same thing within themselves. And so that's really what I'm doing. I just so happen to have background in branding and digital yeah. strategy and all of that good stuff. So I'm able to apply that and, um, you know, have a good amount of experience, good amount for my age. I'll say that. Gotcha. Uh, in yeah. business and so I'm able to show up in that capacity um, with management but like so yeah I moved here because I knew well if you want me to work with athletes and entertainers like you got to be where they at exactly um, gotcha. and I just felt I just felt the, the, the conviction um, to, to make the jump okay cool you said a lot that I kind of want to break down like a little like almost everything you said so first of all going back to the fashion thing right when you were going to, I guess, maybe high school, I don't know where this came to you, but like, let's say University of Michigan, were you kind of going there, like knowing you're going to pursue this fashion career route? Like, oh, yeah. how, how did that go about? Absolutely. So you, really? So you was going to school, like I'm going to school for fashion. So U of M doesn't have, or didn't at the time, have a, a fashion track. So it was like, well, I'm going to do whatever I can. That makes the most sense. So at the time it was like, well, I'm going to go to Ross School of Business and then I'm going to become a fashion merchandiser and a fashion buyer. And I remember having this goal of like making like, you know, my end all be all. I wanted it to be like 300K a year or something like that. Like I remember specifically <laughs> having that number, that career path. And I was like, I'll eventually design X, Y, and Z because I, I had uh, designed my homecoming dresses like years in a row in high school. I made my prom dress. And so I just knew that I was doing that. Um, and okay. then I also, you know, got involved with Noir um you know which was a fashion organization on campus and so I was just like yeah I'm gonna stay in my space this is what I'm doing I'm getting my extracurricular experience and then I'm gonna go get my business background from the Raw School of Business because it's, yeah you know super esteemed or whatever yeah. and none yeah. of that happened <laughs> <laughs> okay that's really because you said you was making your home homecoming dresses so I'm curious, like, when when did this fashion, like, spark get into you? Like, what really made you really want to do it? I don't know. I just always liked it. Like, I I don't even know, like... Uh, it just, it's just you. I just always liked it. Like, I, I like to be fly, and I like... It's a form of creativity for me, you know? Like, mm -hmm. um, like textures and prints, and, you know, from, from hair to my clothing, to if I'm going to layer, to my jewelry, to my nails, you know, like... I just wanted to be fly and it's a form of creativity for me. So it's just something that I deeply enjoy. Um, and it just excites me. And to this day, it still does. And what I'm seeing is like, I probably would have been so unhappy in the fashion industry. I probably would have well, ended up because I, I've, I've talked to enough people that are in it. 
Um, and when I really look at what I love, like I, I, I like to do that, that inner work. And mm. I mean, I'm sure I could find a way to, uh, you know, weave it into the industry in some capacity, but what I'm doing now feels so natural and it feels like, like, dang, I didn't even know that I would love this, um, as yeah. much as I do. So I, it's whatever, but I get to, I get to incorporate it. I still get to you know, dress myself and be fly, you know, yeah. I've had, you know, to, to help style my clients before. Um, so, you know, God, God had, I remember when I was really trying to let it go, I remember him whispering to me, like, don't worry, like, it's going to show back up. It's going to come in handy that you know how to do these things. Don't worry about it. And it has. Yeah. So I'm so happy gotcha. I let it go. No, I can see that. I can see that like, it's, it's, it's beaming from you. And I kind of want to go a little bit more into when you said you was humbled, I think around 2016, like what kind of kind of set you like oh this this ain't it like what what really opened your eyes to that? So really, I had the, the humbling process started my freshman year of college, um, which okay. was 2013, and um, I mean I was on academic probation. I it was I just speak a, on it. It was a it was one. I'm not a I'm not a good academic student as is, but it was really bad then because I was trying to you know strive into the raw school of business. So that I could mm. execute my plan for my life. Like, that's what I wanted to do. And it, it was just like, I was like, no, like, that's not what I'm having for you to do. Um, and uh, I remember having like uh, mentors who worked in the Ross School of Business who used to coach me through it. And they would be like, you don't need Ross. And I just hated hearing that from them. Like, I hated it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And cool, full story moment is that like, a few years later, I ended up actually speaking at the Raw School of Business like twice. Um, and it was just like a crazy moment of like me, so much of my worth at the time as a freshman was in me getting accepted into the Raw School of Business and, you know, achieving yeah. the goals I had set for myself. And it's like, dang, like now you're speaking here about yeah. your entrepreneurial journey and you didn't have to go through Ross to get it. It was just like a very like, wow, that's crazy type moment. Um, but, you know, it was just a lot going on my freshman year. Um, a lot of things in my personal life, you know, um, mm-hmm. were just off the chain. Um, and on top of the fact that I was on academic probation, I was dealing with crazy depression. Um, you know, it, that was the first time I had experienced depression to that extent. And, um, you know, I knew a lot of it was was tied to me not living in alignment with what I was actually created to do. And I was like, all right, I'm gonna get your attention one way or another, like, I mean, yeah. what you want to do, you know, like. No, nah, I feel that. No, I, I think that's one thing I've just noticed as a whole, just with your, you telling that story, you know, with me, some things I've been through and just, just knowing people, I feel like we sometimes might know we want to change, right? But it, it takes this force of like, oh, snap, like academic probation. Oh, something happened, you know, there's some trauma to really change. So I think I'm glad that it kind of happened. Not glad you were on academic probation, but right. I can tell that you kind of needed that to be where you are today. And to help the people that might, you know, relate to that, how did you come out from that academic probation? Like, how did you go about with sophomore, junior year, like, and make it through and actually graduate? I hate giving <laughs> academic advice because this is my advice. And it's not yeah. good. It's not good. Um, I mean, I literally, thankfully, over time, my parents, were able to really let go of me being some sort of, you know, studious student. I, I was able to get by in high school or whatever, but it got yeah. to the point where I was like, look, C's get degrees and so do D's. Don't ask me about my GPA. <laughs> don't ask me about it because I don't care. Yeah, no, like, no, I don't care. Like okay. we, it was like, once I had got to that place where I had a, a understanding that like, Oh, like you're not using your degree after you get out of school, you're here for the people. God has assigned you to some people here and has assigned some people to you. Enjoy this experience. If I could redo it, I would not have even, I don't know if I would say I wouldn't have gone, but I wouldn't have gone and taken out loans or anything like that. It would have been like, no, you gotta, you gotta get some scholarships or something. But it was literally like, I'm going to do the bare minimum to pass and keep my sanity because I hate school. Um, Mm -hmm. And I engulfed myself in the fashion organization I was involved in because that was the one thing that, actually gave me you know some joy at school so it was like I I was in a totally different (laughs) I was in a totally different world the mentorship I developed the mentorship in one of my comms classes 
like literally in the front row and did not carry it and was like deep, like sitting there like, ooh. I'm doing this and I'm doing that. Like, I didn't care. And it was like, look, mama, daddy, I'm going to graduate. You know, y'all have been helping me pay for school and I'm going to respect that. But don't ask me about my GPA because you know I'm not even going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's why I don't have no good advice. Like, do what you got to do to get through school would be my advice. Mm -hmm. If you know you're not using your degree, do not stress about that GPA because nobody's going to ask you about it. Like, once you get out of there, it's completely irrelevant. I mean, unless you need your degree, you're going to be like a nurse or a doctor or a lawyer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's no, but that's some real you. stuff. That's some real stuff. I think, I mean, I don't think that's bad advice, to be honest with you, because even me going to school, I'm, a, I'm an engineer. Um, mm. You know, obviously you need some engineering things, but mechanical engineering and what I'm doing right now, I couldn't do one calculation you bring in my face right now because it's not related to what I'm doing on the daily, like actual job yeah. description. So I think one thing that we're not taught about getting ready for college and even during college is like you have to be realistic about what are you actually trying to get out of college you're trying to get a job yeah. you're trying to pursue this venture and then kind of like once you understand like okay this might suck but let me let me get this degree so i can step into this door so mm-hmm. i think that's a very real uh i ain't gonna say the whole you know don't go to school but you know guys just be be, right. be realistic yeah, yeah. I, just, I do think that understand. like asking a child Cause that's what you are. You're a child at 18. I don't care if you're yeah. legal now or not or whatever, but you're a child and you don't have enough sense to really sit and process. You're taking out all of these loans yeah, and you're making a decision to study something that you're probably going to want to change out of. Cause you, you haven't lived enough. You haven't lived yeah. enough to decide to invest a hundred K in, in this one field of study. Like, but I digress. That, that's a whole they'll give you that hundred K quick. They'll be like, yeah, you can, you can, you can take this loan. We gonna need it back though, but that's that's just another whole another story. Yeah. Um. But yeah. So let's let's move away from school. So obviously, <laughs> you graduated with. Do you, so I'm you assuming you didn't finish business, right? You graduated with. I, I what was uh, majored in communications and minored in entrepreneurship. I loved all of my gotcha. entrepreneurship classes, though. Gotcha. Yeah, that's what I gotcha. That's what I want to get into, and I think this would be a great time for you. You mentioned it earlier, but can you introduce us to one? What is the mentorship? And then I want to kind of go through your, your, your process of creating it. Yeah. So the mentorship, um, the name comes from mentoring and internship. And it's literally the two words combined. Um, and it was because I wanted to be able to offer both. And when I wrote it down and I saw that, my brain was just literally combined the two words. And I saw like on the mentoring side, it was all about like character development and mindset and you know, growth, a lot of, a lot of inner workings. And then on the business side, it was just about like branding and, you know, how to start your business, basic things that you would need to be good in that space. That's kind of where it started. Um, I had no clue. I had no clue that it would be something where I'm partnering with these huge companies or things like that. The idea just literally came in a split second. And I was like, okay, I'm gonna see if I can do it. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, so it's it's basically evolved into this um, intensive nine week training where we take in three black and brown girls. Um, it's a very intimate cohort because the training is so intense. It can be a little, uh, I guess, invasive is is the word um, because mm-hmm. you have to go so deep and you have to really meet yourself, and that's kind of hard to do if you have a you know a huge uh, crowd of people around you yeah. in the process. Um, but they go through um, these exaltation sessions. So they, they go through high performance training, subconscious reprogramming, habit forming, a lot of spirit work, a lot of purpose coaching um, in the process on the, the inner side. And, and they get mentored in that. And then on the business side, um, you know, they learn digital strategy. They learn about brand management. They take on client projects that I have and they really get to apply it. And in that process, we take them to... Uh, very high influence companies so that they can go in and they can see, you know, how these companies are working. What does it take to build a team? What does it look like? Um, so they, they, some of our partners have been Viacom, Magic Johnson Enterprises, Oprah Winfrey Network, uh, Nike, uh, Quicken Loans, like a, a ton of cool, amazing companies that they get to go and literally talk to their executive leadership teams. I mean, the interns. You, and, and what I love is that these companies know, okay, these are black and brown girls. So let's pull out the black and brown people in our company. So they, the girls mm. get to then see themselves that it can become very real for them 
that they too mm-hmm. can be in those positions if they choose to go the corporate route, you know, of course. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so they, so they do that. Um, they go through this training, they meet with these people. And then at the end of the cohort, we take them on an all expense paid trip. We pay for their travel, their lodging, their food, all of that good stuff. Um, and we'll take them to either New York or Detroit or LA, depending on wherever the cohort is located um, yeah. so that they can basically uh, put everything they learned to the test and they'll go and visit, you know, those corporations in person. And like, um, it's always back to back to back, waking up at 6 a.m., not getting home until like seven. And it's just on the go. They might have to present, you know, a pitch yeah. deck to Ralph Lauren. They may have to, you know, do digital strategy for I1 what? Digital. Like they've had they've had a ton of experience, but that's basically what it is in a nutshell. It's a personal and professional development program for amazing, promising black and brown young women. That's a hell of a nutshell. We got, we got to talk about that. Okay. So <laughs> I know we wanted to leave away from the academics, but you said you made this idea in your comms class, yeah. right? Was, what was the kind of inspiration for you? Was it more like, man, this is what I wish I had and you wanted to make it? Or you just literally just put two words and you're like, oh snap, this has never been done yeah. before. Like, how did that come to be? Yeah, honestly, it was a it was one of those divine inspiration moments. I don't know why I was thinking about it, but when it came, it was like I could not stop writing. And it was absolutely inspired by the things that I wish that I had. Um, I remember when I was writing, I was thinking about um, how I was such a it was like, well, if I wanted something, I was going to ask for it. Like I, I always asked. I was able to, you know, speak to some amazing people. Um, I remember going up to the president of Jordan brand and he had spoke at U of M and everybody was like asking for pictures and autographs. And I intentionally waited for like an hour because I was like, no, I need him alone. Like I need to talk to him when everybody else yeah. was out the way. And I was like, can I have your contact information? And he looked at me kind of like, straight up contact info yeah like i how can i keep in contact with you you know and and i don't remember what we talked about before before that but like i closed Mm. with like how can i keep in contact with you and he looked at his security his security looking at him (laughs) yeah because he of course he has security around and i'm just like it's like what you gonna do is tell me no you know what i'm saying but i was thinking about my network um of, of people, whether it was someone, you know, like him, where I just wanted to see if, you know, he would be willing to stay in contact with me, if I could ask him questions via email, or if it was someone that was a mentor to me that had really poured in a lot to me and that I was close with and able to watch and learn from. I'm like, dang, like, I feel like everybody should have this. I want everybody to have this. And that is, I remember that being a specific thought of like, dang, like, I want, I want to share that with people because I, yeah. I felt privileged almost to, um, to have that. And, you know, I'm like, well, obviously my, my, my parents, my family have instilled that value in me of like my, my granddaddy always is like reinforcing, like you can be whatever you want to be. I've been hearing that since I was a little kid, but what about, what about baby girl who hasn't heard that? What about the girl who's been torn down? You know, like, like it it was just, I was just thinking about stuff like that. And I'm like, Mm -hmm. how can I provide that? You know, Um, how can I give what I wish that I had even more of, you know, like, how could I build this amazing thing? Um, so that's how it, that's how it kind of started. Okay. Now that's really dope. That's, uh, that's really dope. And, uh, one thing that I thought about is when you were naming all the, the brands you was organizing with, I'm like, what you mean? Like you said Ma- Magic Johnson. So what, okay. So let's say you, you made this idea, right? Mm-hmm. What was the next step for you to like, how did you actually make it a thing? Like, who did you reach out to? Did you just do it all on your own? Like, take us through that. Hey, when you say when you say make it a thing okay um so i'm you, you went from idea sort of thing so i want to know how to make it like realistic yeah the best way to make it realistic is to just do it um and i know that just sounds super cliche but like you literally just have to start moving right so again when i started the mentorship i had no intention on doing any sort of partnerships with anybody it literally was like i had the idea and the next day, um, I, I kept seeing and hearing L'Oreal Paris. So I'm like, okay, what am I supposed to do? Like, I don't even have a website. The mentorship isn't even like, uh, yeah. it, it doesn't exist. It didn't exist. And what year, what year was this, by the way, to give us context? 2017. 2017, okay. Yeah. Um, and 
And you know what? Let me pause here and say this. Because I, when I had this idea come to mind, I was a part of an organization on campus who will go unnamed, um, but it was a leadership organization that I had been a fellow of. And I basically went to them and I was like, I have this idea and I know y'all have money. So how can I tap into it? And <laughs> she was like, well, we, we have a grant coming up. I applied for it. It was 10K. I got it. Um, and then you had to go through this training uh, process because um, they basically wanted to make sure you were going to put that 10K to good use. I was I was kind of mind blown that I got it. I was just like, yo, like, this is crazy. Um, yeah. And I remember the day before we were supposed to present, they had us present to these big businessmen. Um, the day before, or either like two days before, that's when I had the idea to do the partnerships. I had no idea about it. I reached out to a friend who I knew was previously at U of M who worked mm-hmm. at L'Oreal Paris, got passed up through the chain. They told me, yes, I didn't have anything to stand on. I did not have a website. There, It was not an LLC. It was not incorporated. It was not a nonprofit. If they Googled it, they wouldn't see anything because yeah. there was nothing for them to see. So I don't know why they told me yes. Other than the grace of God, and it was a divine inspiration that I had in that moment that I was supposed wow. to move on. And I yeah. think I think I sent what, like a, a, a paragraph? And it, really what I sold was the vision. Yeah, of what the mentorship was going to be. And I was like, you know, essentially, I just want to, I didn't even know, like, I was like, I just want to bring them in That's so they can crazy. learn from you. You know, it wasn't yeah. anything like, it, was, it wasn't together. It was just like me, yeah. me asking and, and trying. Um, but they, they, they uh, did give me that money to get started. And being in that, that training program required for me to put the work in now it it didn't mean that moves were being made it just meant that I was getting everything out of my head onto Mm -hmm. paper now they ended up pulling the funding um and they breached our contract which is why I don't really want to talk about it I don't want to throw shade on them for real for real and I won't expose them yeah Mm -hmm. and after I had started programming and had already spent thousands of dollars on it that they were supposed to reimburse um, Dang. you okay. know, but I am yeah. so thankful for that process. It stretched my faith in ways that <laughs> baby, you would, Whoa, it stretched my faith tremendously. Um, mm-hmm. but it also required for me to get everything on paper. That's what helped the internship come into fruition. Because if I would have just stayed in my head, I would, yep. I would, I wouldn't have even thought to reach to L'Oreal because it would have been like, well, I don't have a website. And, you know, if they looked us up on, you know, if they tried to look at my business, it wouldn't exist. And so I need to just wait a second. But it was literally like, Alexis, you present in two days. So you have to reach out. Like, I don't care. Like, you don't have anything, but they just gonna have to tell you no. And if not, you'll be all right. So I would really say in order to get things started, like get it out of your head and get it onto paper. And then just you, you have to move and act like you have until tonight to make it happen. Yeah. Or it won't happen. No, no I agree with that. Yo. That's uh. Yeah, we be, I think we all can relate to getting stuck in our head because I personally just bought myself a plan. I don't even know why I bought a plan. I already had a journal, but I bought the planner because I use my phone a lot. I have to-do lists. I have apps for that. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't until I bought the planner, I realized like when I write it, like when it comes from my head and I'm putting it there and I'm just typing it, there's some like accountability. I don't even know what the feeling of, I don't know, maybe it's scientific, but like I feel like, oh, snap, I got to cross this off. So I think you, that idea of putting it to paper is a very like yeah. a small thing, but it's so powerful, yo. So that's, um, yeah, that's writing, very, that's very sick. When you, when you write things and get it from out of your head, you're actually activating your right and your left hemispheres. So you get a little okay. bit more magic when you so do that scientific. versus when it's okay. just, yes, it is scientific. Um, <laughs> okay, <bet. laughs> That's my, my little nerd is coming out. I'm a. Okay, I wasn't saying, okay, you, you was getting A's, you, you lying, okay. No, I really but... wasn't. That didn't start developing <laughs> until I started working on the inner work. So I started, you know, studying the yeah. brain and metacognition and metaphysics and the subconscious reprogramming. That came with that, but not from Got school. Got you. Yeah, yeah not no. from school. No. And uh, one thing that um, you were talking about when you were first talking about networking, I thought about, you know, the team that you currently work with now when it comes to the uh, mentorship, because that's actually how I contacted you. Uh, shout out Alyssa. Um, I had reached out to her because I'm like, yo, I saw you on her website. You handle this and her for her. Can you reach out to her? And I'm actually like, one thing I want to give you a shout out for that because I think just briefly scrolling through that list, I remember seeing some of these people at Michigan. I was like, yo, like, I remember seeing them or like somebody at IG and I'm like, 
you guys were able to become a team and build that. So shout out to you for that. And I'm kind of curious, how did you actually go about, um, one, getting that buy-in, but then also like structuring that team to, to make it work so that you could really go in and make it grow to what it is today? Yeah. So um, up until this year, the mentorship was just ran by me. And it was like, cool because the grace of God was with me and getting things done. But it was just like, oh my God, like this is a lot and I need help. I don't want to have to um, do all of the teaching and build out all the curriculum and do all the partnerships and all the marketing and the promotion. It was just a lot. Um, But again, it's just God sending people, you know, that, that see it and believe in it. And, And luckily we've had, you know, an advisory board every year, um, that has been able to either, you know, give commitment financially to the mentorship, give time um, and, and just kind of like support throughout the process wherever they could. Um, and I, I've just been so blessed with a, a few real ones that are like, look, like whatever you yeah. need, like we here and we got you. Um, and so it, it really was just a matter of um it was just God. I don't have no other answer than that, <laughs> than him just, just sending the right people. Um, yeah. And in terms of like building the team, right now my focus is just like uh, making sure that I'm working on me as a leader, um, making sure that I am, I'm learning that sometimes my vision can be overwhelming for people. And I always have viewed it as a strength and I still do think that it's a strength. But um, when you, when you hear somebody like, let's, let's give away $10,000 and it's like from where we don't, we don't have the money um, that can almost be stressful to a team. Whereas I'm just, I'm off, I'm just on 10 all the time. And I have to learn how to balance that and how to like deliver it better um, you know, or even like, uh, this year and Alyssa will tell you, so I'm very like off the dome. I don't like to type stuff out. I like to write it or draw. And I'm like, okay, that stresses Alyssa out when I'm just like, let's do this, that, and the third big picture, you know, it, it stresses her out. And she was like, it would really help if you could type it out before our meeting. <laughs> and I'm like, well, yeah. that's going to stress me out. I don't want to do that. I want to just say it. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, okay, so I came to a compromise and I drew this diagram with like smiley faces and stuff and doodles. And I was like, all right, I'm gonna, I'm gonna take a, a scanner and I'll scan this and I'll bring it up on our, on our zoom call. And that was my happy medium of learning. Like Alexis, you can't just be off the chain all the time. And like, you know, all over the place, you got to meet people where they're at. So really for me, it's about like understanding my leadership style but also understanding like that doesn't always work for everyone um and figuring out how to make sure the team is actually comfortable with what needs to be done um so yeah that's that's where I'm at with it and I think that I've been blessed simply because God needs this work to get done and he's going to send who is capable of doing it yeah yeah Yeah. two things come uh stick out to me from that that little short story is like one I definitely see you as that like you know you want to do this, you have this control, you want to make sure that things get done the right way. Um, But I think I also want to acknowledge the fact that, you know, Alyssa was willing to be front with you and be like, yo, like, we can't, it's not going to work if you're not helping me with this, right? And I think that shows aspects of a leader that people are still willing to be real with you. They understand, you know, your Mm -hmm. position and you have the vision, but she was still willing to be like, yo, like, this isn't going to work if we keep doing that. So uh, I think that's very good skill to have. But I also want to ask you a question personally, because I feel like, I'm going through that right now with just building my own, you know, podcast and what I expect it to be or what I want it to be. Like, how do you feel like um, you maintain that vision that you that you think is crazy? But how do you make sure that everybody can kind of buy in and there's kind of, um, I guess, progress points along the way so that you guys aren't just, you know, going blindly? Hmm. Well there's an understanding this this is what i do sometimes i really can (laughs) be going for something that's super super wild but i'm open and receptive to someone saying let's it's not that we don't believe in it. it it's not that we don't think it's a good idea 
but do you know that we also have X, Y, and Z coming up? Are you <laughs> going to have the time and capacity to do this? That yeah. will center me. I need people that can think like that, you know, in those moments. And so it's about, for me, really communicating, hey, if you see that there's a gap or you see that I'm overlooking something, please call it out because I can't see my own blind spots and I need people mm. that can and that can also articulate them comfortably so that I don't mm. have to, we don't have to run into no, no BS. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. so I think it's about having people that are um, comfortable enough within themselves and within the organization to communicate those things. Um, but then there's also this understanding of like, sometimes someone might say like, I don't think that we should do this or I think we should scale back. And at the end of the day, while the mentorship, yes, you know, it's a nonprofit and, you know, it's one of my ventures and woo, woo, woo. This is God's work. So if I feel at the end of the day that God is telling me to do something, I'm going to do it. And if you can't pull the weight, I'll pull the weight. Because mm-hmm. at the end of the day, I have to do what he tells me to do. There's an understanding with that as well. You know, I'm not going to expect, you know, the people that are helping right now, like we, we just got our nonprofit status. Um, and I, I'm excited and, and speaking and claiming that there will be an abundance of finances in so that we can pay. But like I, I the mentorship costs me money to run. It's not yeah. paying me, you know, to run it, you know? And so with that, I can't expect people that are not being paid to be constantly working at this when they have full-time exactly. jobs as well. So to me, yeah. at the end of the day, I'm like, look, if I gotta, if I gotta put in more work than I want to, so be it. Like you'll get yeah. over it. You'll be all right. Like if, if I was able to do it by myself before, and push mm-hmm. comes to shove and they don't have capacity to do something, I have to have that understanding that they're donating their time, like, and yeah. that it, it's, it's going to get done. So I think it's a, a balance between like identifying, okay, is this smart and wise to do? Mm, maybe not. Like, so maybe we should pivot and we should scale back versus a situation where it's like, no, but you know, you're supposed to do this. So get it done and do what you got to do. Got you. So yeah. it's, like a, it's a mutual understanding. And yeah. uh, you actually got to the next point I wanted to ask you. So you mentioned, you know, you kind of grind and you're really making bread from this, but you also mentioned multiple ventures. And one thing I really want to ask you about is this exalt management. And the reason for that is, you know, when you, when I was kind of understanding, you know, what you do right now, your story, you know, I think about mentorship and internship. Like, I kind of get what you want to do with that, obviously, empower black women, brown women. And then when I, when I think about the exalt management, right? That's a, another level of confidence where I'm able to help you be better. Yeah. And I want to know, how did you first come to terms with that? I can do that. And then one or two, how did you get somebody to believe in you enough to hire you as a client? Um, so how did I know I could do it? Because I've been doing it my whole life. Mm-hmm. Um, I just wasn't getting paid to do it. And, and I didn't think of it. I didn't think of it. So it was my normal. So it didn't feel, Mm. I knew it was special because like whenever I would help people or, or, you know, things like that, they would tell me, you know, and, and I, and I would witness some things where I would get downloads of information on the person sitting in front of me that I had never had a conversation with. And I would know things about them that they had never told anyone before. Um, So I knew it was something, you know, different and special about it but it also was my normal like it wasn't uh it was my normal right so I knew I could do it um but I also struggled for so long because it it was like I didn't feel qualified because essentially it it it, kind of feels like like very intense life coaching spiritual coaching kind of combination But like, I didn't go to school for it. You know, I'm not certified or anything like that. So it didn't, I didn't feel, and then also like, I didn't have a formula to how I was doing it. I was, I'm literally depending upon the spirit to tell me something. So if I don't hear something, I don't have nothing to tell you. Like, it's like, you know, um, (laughs) and so I've always been like, well, what if I don't hear something, you know, or what if I don't know what to say? Um, yeah. you know, cause it's very much intuitive led, but, um, I learned over time, like I'm fully equipped and this is what I was created to do. And it's, it's, as long as I'm nurturing myself and my intuition and actually doing the work, I don't have anything to worry about. Um, on top of the fact that I actually do study the brain and the subconscious mind and quantum physics. So coupling that 
you know, that textbook knowledge with my intuitive, limitless knowledge, Mm -hmm. you know, it's now I can be at at peace with being like, you'll be straight. Like you really do. Like, it's cool. Like God will flow through you as he always does. Um, And then in terms of the confidence to get my first client, well, I, I, so when I first started Exalt, I knew I was supposed to work with athletes and entertainers, but again, I did not feel qualified to. I didn't, it didn't even feel like it made sense to me because I didn't know anything about those spaces and I didn't really, it didn't, it didn't do anything for me. Um, But what I did have experience in with uh, branding and digital strategy and marketing was in the beauty space. So I was, you know, doing digital strategy, um, working at Shea Moisture for uh, like three, almost three years. Um, And my technical first client after that under Exalt was the Lip Bar. And that was when I was still living in Michigan. And that was, you know, an extremely cool experience. I love, love them, love them, love their team, love the products. Um, but I remember God being like, interesting. Like, yes, absolutely love it. But you know, you're not yeah. supposed to stay in this space for a long time. You know what I asked you to do? And I wow. was just like, but how? And he's like, move. You're not in this space. You're not in a space conducive. Your environment is not conducive to what I asked you to do. And so that's when I took the move to LA. When I moved to LA, I tried everything in my power to like make it happen. I'm like, well, I'm out here and nothing worked. Um, You know, I was doing like some production assistant work on sets and stuff like that, but like still not exactly doing what he told me to do. And um, it made life super hard for me. And then I remember, uh, I worked at Revolt for this past year, 2020. And I, I did oh, okay. feel like I was assigned to go there and it was great. I love I love um, the people at Revolt. I love my Revolt family. And um, in the, that process there, um, my, first, my first athlete that I worked with is Devin Funches. And we went to U of M together. Um, yeah. He was one of those people that I had a download of information, shared it with him. Um, didn't know him though, and, and oh, you see, y'all weren't like cool or anything from school. You just like just no. When up I or when our first conversation was me being like, "Hey, um, I got to tell you something that was on my spirit," but like that was the first conversation we had. What? Yeah, but that's how. But like that is normal for me to do that. Um, okay. But yeah, but so but that was the the start of our. Uh, our friendship, you know, but even then, like we only would speak a couple times a year. It was like, it was all love. Like it was, it was just Mm -hmm. that. Um, But I had started, you know, uh, helping him with like some spirit work and things like that. Um, And he, he saw it, you know, and he, 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 he believed in me and he wanted to, um, he personally felt convicted to make sure he held the door open for me in that space. Um, and so I'm, I'm grateful for him, you know, especially as, um, a, a male, um, in, in sports who was like, nah, like I see you and you need to do this. Like he could see that I was called to do it. Um, so I think, um, like he definitely, like when it, when it happened and when I, when I started actually like managing him in general, it was like, oh, wow, like this is really happening and this is crazy. Um, yeah. but he was definitely the start of that, um, and I think that's how it got started. It was really just being myself. And I remember him telling me, like, what's crazy is for you, all you got to do is be yourself. And he, he said that all the way up until I became his manager. And that's, that's the truth. It was That's how I got people to believe in me. Like, literally staying authentic and true to myself yeah. and to what I believe God has called me to do. That's opened every single door I've ever walked through. Got you. I love yeah. that story. That's, that's, just, that's dope. And uh, I think one thing that's really interesting, though, is like you said you were being yourself this whole time. You was being real. You was being authentic. But I feel like one thing that I've noticed just time and time with people I interview, just me in my life, sometimes it takes that that external factor of like, yo, why aren't you doing this? Or you should be doing this. Or you're really good at this for us to really step in and be like, yo, I'm really him. Like, I can do this. So I think that's dope that you kind of came into that. And then another thing that stood out to me is you were saying you acknowledged him as a male telling you like, this is what you need to be doing. And I remember, I think you might've tweeted this or something about a woman empowerment. And you, you were saying like, I don't really like how y'all, some of y'all using the phrase woman's empowerment. Y'all losing it and I want to know, 
I'm paraphrasing. And I want to know, first of all, can you break down what women's empowerment means to you, first of all, first of all, right? And then what are you trying to do? Obviously, we have the mentorship, but I want to know, like, what you want people to kind of like, if you were to set a template, how would you want people to kind of like follow through on that? Okay, I'm gonna circle back to you on that second question and ask you for more mm-hmm. clarity. But in terms of how I view women's empowerment, it's it's when you use whatever privilege or resource or platform mm-hmm. you have to actively advocate for women. Um, and, and by that, I mean, like, don't just tell me like, oh, I got a daughter, so I, I gotta respect women. Why did you having a child have to be what took you to respect women? I'm confused, did you not come from a woman? I'm, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm confused deeply. Um, you know, it, it shouldn't be that, well, you only respect the women that are in your life. And it, it is so past respect. It's understanding that like, we're literally still being paid less than men and we do, we're doing the job, statistically speaking, way better. And I, I want to see men be able to acknowledge that and to be like, because I know that and because I am on the executive leadership team here and I have some say so on who's hired and who's not. I want to make sure mm-hmm. some black women get into this door. Mm-hmm. I've had men do that for me. And, and I, and I value that to me, that is what women's empowerment is. Um, and then on, on the woman's standpoint, it can be something as simple as, you know, and again, it's, it's the use of the word active when men compliment me. Um, and they do it via, let me tear this woman down or be like, you nothing like this, that, and the third, I told them, you got to keep that. Because what you're not going to do is tear down the next woman. Like, like that's my sister in in, in my spirit. Like, I don't, I don't like that. And so it's, it's wanting women to actively, you know, speak against, go against anything that tears down the woman, like period. And, and doesn't lift them up, you know? Um, And just thinking about things from like a, um, a systemic and patriarchal um, perspective to me is what real empowerment can be. But I also don't want to say women's empowerment can't simply be you complimenting, you know, a woman that you see yeah. um, just because you want to show love. So it can be that too. Um, mm. But what I, what I what what I meant by that tweet was it's like, you know, don't say you're doing women's empowerment just because you decided to start a business and you use the color pink to brand it. That's like, <laughs> No, women are your target yeah. audience in your business. Just say that, but it doesn't. Don't say that yeah. it's women's empowerment. You know, mm-hmm. just be, because you sell something and put the word uh, "pretty girl power" on it. Like that's not women's mm-hmm. empowerment. That's branding, and you wanted to brand it pink, and you wanted to target women. So I just, I just want some depth to it. Is basically what yeah. that tweet meant. Nah. No, I get you. I get you. When I saw that tweet, it reminded me of like uh, you know, obviously when all the summer protests and all that stuff happening. And all the companies are coming out, you know, with their their way of acknowledging, you know, black awareness, black power. I was just kind of like, all right, we're going to see in like a year. Like, I'm, I'm really curious what's going to happen from it. And not in like being pessimistic. I want to be give you the benefit of the doubt. But I'm always just curious when people use certain things like like what's the action behind it. So that, that's why exactly. that, that came about. Like it's and more than the post. And, and, and same. That's how I view the women's empowerment thing. Like, I'm glad y'all are making these cute posts during Women's History Month. But like. I hope you actually live this in real life. Like, I hope you think mm-hmm. about it. I hope you educate yourself on it. Um, I hope you recognize, you know, what it is and what it ain't. And don't just mm-hmm. post this post because people are posting it this month. Yeah, it's going to be pink squares next. Yeah. Uh, but no, nah, <laughs> that's, that's been a good breakdown. And, you know, we kind of talked about exalt management a little bit. And I kind of wanted to, you know, let everybody be aware of the raffle prize that you're so willingly uh, trying, to, wanted to provide. Uh, can you break down what an exaltation session is and yeah. what somebody can expect from that? Yeah. Um, so they were previously called high performance sessions. And then I realized like, man, that's, that's only a part of what it is, um, you know, but really the exaltation session is for anyone who is wanting to elevate from the inside out. Um, so it's like a combination of subconscious reprogramming, habit forming, spirit work, purpose coaching, and a high performance training as well. Um, And what they can expect in this session um, is to be very transparent and vulnerable about where where they're at and where they want to go. Um, It's it's an opportunity to co-create your 
future. Um, and to really make sure your mindset is where it needs to be for whatever goal you're trying to achieve. Um, and sometimes, not sometimes, all the time, uh, there is, there's always like a, a, a end goal that most of the time is related to business. So, uh, for example, I, I'm training um, uh, someone who's going to the Olympic trials. So while we are absolutely working on her inner being and her mindset and making sure, you know, like she's well, it's with the intent, like, oh, your Olympics are a few months away and we got to make sure you're locked in. You know what I'm saying? And and make sure like while you're in the process of going to the Olympics, we see purpose in this. Um, And so it's for anybody that's purpose driven. Um, It's not it's not business coaching. So don't come if you're just like, I just have this. I want to meet this revenue goal. If you're not ready to do that inner work to meet it and you just want me to do branding, you can book a brand consultation or business consultation. But this one is for like when you want to understand that your business or your goal is really going to be a reflection of you. So, yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's powerful. And I think you, I remember we were talking about it a couple of days ago. You said like, you're going to keep it real. It's not going to just like, it's not no it's nice, not nice stuff. So. It's okay. not comfortable. Let's, I'm the, to put that disclaimer out there. <laughs> yeah, the the but I but I it's not comfortable, but I am gentle in the delivery. My um the young lady who I told you was training for the Olympics, she calls me um Mama Hawk. And I'm like, I literally just delivered this to you so calmly. And she's like, No, but you just cut into me. So it's oh, okay. It's it's a graceful cut in, but it's it's yeah. what we need at the end of the day. That's dope. It's, and I think I was looking at some of your services on your uh, website, Exalt Management, and it's I, I'm really impressed with how you like just let people know what you're gonna what they're gonna get from you. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to know like when you were building this Exalt Management, making it a little bit more legit as you went on, mm-hmm. like where where did this come from? This like I know I can do this. I know if you sit with me for 45 minutes for I don't know how many times you do it, but like. I'm just curious, like, how you were able to, like, figure out this system, because I'm really intrigued by it. I wish I had, you know, better answers, but it's me, God, <laughs> man. Like, one, it's yeah. going to be God. But, I mean, <laughs> in terms of um, how I figured out what worked, so I started doing the sessions in 2019, um, mm-hmm. and I did enough of them to see, because at first they used to be an hour, like, for example, And then I started seeing like every time around the 45 minute mark, the client is at their peak happiness. And Mm. I want you to leave there and I'll send you over the notes and your action steps after the session. So that's when I cut it to 45 because the 15 was just like them being on the high and we were kind of like coming down from the high together and, you know, centering. But I want y'all to leave on the high. I want you to leave with that same energy. So when I send you these notes and you got to take these action steps, you actually do them. And don't get wrapped back up in, you know what I'm saying? So I think yeah. it, it, it's just uh, things have gotten more developed. Um, it, then even listening to the feedback, you know, all of my clients kept saying, like, it's so much more than what you communicated as. Or, you know, when people would ask me and I wouldn't really know how to explain it. And I would tell some of I would go and ask for feedback from my clients. And they're like, you're underselling it. You, you also need to charge more. You need to like they were getting me together essentially and it was just like oh oh like I didn't know it was like I mean I knew it was impacting y'all but like wow like y'all really this is really helpful you know um (laughs) and just hearing them you know say what it was doing for them helped me to like you know categorize things more and and give it a little bit more structure um but I would just say that experience and God Mm. Got you. No, I love that. I love how you keep being consistent with the answers. And uh, I don't want to kind of wrap up too. I don't want to take too much of your time so you can go enjoy the rest of that, that LA sun. Um, one thing that I always like to wrap up with is kind of like, I want to know if somebody was to miss this session, like they say, oh, they just came in. Oh, snap, I missed it. Sorry. Yeah. What is something that you would like to share as your words of advice that have helped you become who you are today? Hmm. didn't hear anything I said what would I want you to know go inward go inward that's gonna because you have the answer it would be that you have the answer uh, because God is within all of us and 
Um, no one knows like we know. It's really just about stealing yourself enough to be able to hear your spirit tell you what's already good. You have the answer inside of you, but if you're clouded, if you're clouded with media, if you're clouded with mom and dad, or you know your friends and you, you're taking in all of what they're saying, but aren't stealing yourself enough to hear your voice, your inner voice, you can call it raps for any type of purpose, any type of fulfillment, any type of like true joy, because you'll be out of alignment. Um, so I guess the advice would be go inward always if you want an outward result. Go inward. I yeah. like that. That's going to be a, I already got the clip in my head. I'm like, oh, but it's about to be fire. But ah. yeah, I like that. <laughs> that is dope. And then uh, before I, I, I let you go, one thing I always wanted to acknowledge, because um, I, I kind of had an idea. I'm like, I feel like she might say this for a words of advice. I noticed in like all of your email signatures, you always have love, power, and gratitude. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I love that because I, I read it and I'm like, because sometimes, you know how sometimes you can know somebody's like signature is just automatically set. I remember I saw my, like, did she just type that? Just to say I do type it every time. Okay. That's, okay. That's what I was, that's what I was thinking. So mm -hmm. just before we leave, I want to like, I want you to just touch on that, what that means to you and why you always make sure that you leave somebody with that, with that whenever you guys are departing. Yeah. Yeah. So I type that every time and I, and I actually don't have it automatic because I don't, I want to actively remind myself love, power, and gratitude. And it, and, and it's, it's, it's something where I have to make a conscious effort. Um, but love, power, and gratitude actually came out one day when I was talking to my, my, uh, LA 2019 cohort on the first day. And I was telling them what to expect, how we move. And I just said, we operate in love, power, and gratitude. Um, love, power, and gratitude is important to me because to me, love is the answer for everything. Um, love, love is God um, here on earth. And I just think that it's important to always move in love. Um, I think power is important because I, I want to send power to everybody. You know, I, I want everybody to feel, you know, rooted and grounded in their own power. I want everybody to feel fulfilled with the power of God. I want everybody to have that thing that is pushing them. So that's why I send that. And then gratitude is just something that like I practice daily and gratitude puts you in direct connection with the sources from which your blessings come. Um, and so it's, it's important for me to remain in that state so that I can continuously be able to receive, continuously be able to give. Um, and it, and it helps to like make sure that I'm, I'm stable in my mindset and it, it centers me. And so if I can send somebody all of those things that I genuinely believe helped me, then I will. Like yeah. I want, I want people to have that and I want to sign off with that. Um, and if I can operate in that, you know, consistently, that's yeah. a good thing for me. So, yeah. Okay. Now that's dope. I'm really, uh, that, that touched me there because I, I noticed that. I'm like, this is, this is a little different. So uh, I can see that it's real. You're always typing that. And before I let you go, I want to let you know, you feel free to promote any platform. What do you want people to follow up on? Anything you want people to do before I let you go? Uh, you can follow me on Instagram if you want, at Lexalt, L-E-X-A-L-T. Um, I do not have Exalt's management, I mean Exalt's uh, website up for the public yet, so I don't have my, my booking up. So whoever wins this session... Shout out hey. to you, um, but it, it'll be up in a in a couple of weeks. And when it is, okay. it'll be exaltmgmt.com. Um, okay. The go follow the mentorship. That's what y'all should follow the mentorship. Um, yeah, because yeah, yeah, that's that's my heart uh, for real, for real. But yeah. Okay, got you. And uh, yeah, so I just want to say uh, once again, I appreciate you. I'm grateful for you for uh, sharing your time, sharing your knowledge. Thank you and, for having uh, me. I'm, no problem. I know this is gonna touch some people. Uh, once again, it touches me. I'm not even saying that. That that I really feel it uh, when you when you speak. So I gotta. I'm obviously gonna listen back. So I uh, can't wait to pick all the little things you said and let people know about it. But um, that's all I got. So I'm gonna let you go. Once again, you have a blessed day, rest of the evening, and uh, I'm gonna wrap it up with the rest of the game. Okay. Thank you so much. No problem. Bye. Thank you all for tuning in to episode 21 of the Paul and Powell podcast. I hope y'all enjoyed that and were able to get something from it. I know I was. And once again, I'm sorry for the technical difficulties with the video quality. Wasn't able to come through with all my 4K glory. Um, but I still hope you guys are able to get something from it. Um, now I would like to ask you guys for some help. If you guys really liked it, if you enjoyed it and want to really support, um, please subscribe to the newsletter. 
And the reason for that is one, I use I utilize a newsletter as a way for people that don't really want to commit to an hour of watching or listening. They can easily kind of get the gist of the episode um, via that summary that I send out, but also provide like a you know a little takeaway like from my perspective of what I thought about the interview, what it made me think about. So I think it's pretty cool, but I'm a little bit biased. Um, but also the benefit of the newsletter is that it's a direct contact to all the pals. So like you know whatever happens, whatever platform I move to or do things and or any updates, I want to make sure that I have you guys there so that no matter what happens, you know I can easily contact you. So. Once again, that's my main priority right now. If you guys like this, watch this, please subscribe. If you're not subscribed, um, sign up. If you are subscribed, send it to a friend, send it to somebody you think could really benefit from it, and we'll just keep slowly growing. In other ways, you guys can also follow me at Ponyboy Paul if you guys want to see how I'm living on a day-to-day. Once again, the social media for the podcast itself is at Paul and Pals, and all of these links are also going to be in the video description and the show notes of the podcast, so... Hope you guys are able to find your way to one of them. But without any further ado, remember to stay creative. Peace.